I'm going to urge people, practice forgiveness. This goes both ways. You're going to practice forgiveness with yourself, and you're going to practice forgiveness with other people. Practicing forgiveness with yourself. Um, some things we do are being are not necessarily out of our control, but because of certain um, beliefs that we've been conditioned to believe or because of certain chemistries in our brain or whatever it is, uh, we're being pushed in a certain direction. So if we make some bad decisions, which we all do, forgive yourself, right? It's a new day. And like we were saying a little earlier, you wouldn't be as hard on yourself uh, or as hard on other people as you are on yourself. I get so many people, my clients, when I'm training, they're so hard on themselves. It's like, guys, you're being a bully. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm saying, you're being a bully to you. You're a person too. Stop being a bully. Um, so practice forgiveness with yourself. Also practice forgiveness with other people. Just like they said to the professor, like people said to me, you know, people are going to say dumb things, but they don't understand because they can't understand. So practice that forgiveness because it's not your weight to carry around. Once you forgive them, that little bit of weight is going to fall off your shoulders. That's another little building block you're going to have right there. Practice forgiveness. That's my, that's my big theme right now this week. <laughs> Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Come on in again. It's that time of the day and everything that we get started where we're going to fire you up. We're going to let you get inspired, motivated. We're going to provide some hope to let you know that you can get through this difficulty, this struggle, this challenge, this adversity. Make it through the other end. Realize that the light at the end of the tunnel is not a freight train coming and that all good things are going to happen no matter the situation. Hang in there. Look for that silver lining. And sometimes remember, we have to walk through fertilizer to get to that rose. All right. So let's just, just hang in there. Help other people and go from there. Hey, welcome to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. I'm Dr. James Perdue, the Professor of Perseverance himself. And so I want to welcome you in to our show where we talk about overcoming adversities from there. Today, our topic is depression. And our guy, our guest, is a, uh, you know, been through it. And I would imagine that all of us have been through it, depending on how mild or how severe it gets. Okay. But I believe we would all have experienced depression. Now, he is the author of the book. Let's get it up here. The Official Depression Relief Playbook Real Life Strategies from a Guy Who Has Lived It. Welcome to the show today, Zach Rutledge. Professor, thank you so, so much for having me. And by the way, you have the coolest studio around. I'm sure you get a lot of compliments on it. <laughs> uh, yes, we do. We get a little bit there. Um, yeah, they jump in and holler about the Hulk back there and James <laughs> Dean. And yeah, so uh, yeah, we, we get, a, we get uh, every now and again, someone talks about the background. So, and, and, it's the real deal, too. It's none of the uh, green screen and all that stuff. It's the real deal. So, <laughs> Very cool. 
Oh, yeah. Well, you know, those saying, you know, uh, one's purse trash is another person's treasure. And, <laughs> you know, so it may not may not uh, apply to everybody, but, uh, you know, I'm sure sure what they got is great to, that maybe I wouldn't adjust to. But but we all do what we think we need to do. I love it. Hey, Zach, thank you for coming in. Again, your book, uh, we'll put it back up again for others watching. The Official Depression Relief Playbook. All right. For uh, real life strategies from a guy who has lived it. And again, Zach, like I said, I believe most, if not all of us, sometime in our life is going to have some form, fashion of uh, depression. Well, depending again how mild or serious it gets is where the problem lies. And so, uh, Zach, if you want to go ahead and, and again, appreciate you being here, sharing your valuable time with the listeners and me and uh, helping us uh, get some hope at the end of this is you know, we appreciate you doing this. Yeah, sure. Thank you again. Just go ahead and hop in with your story. Yeah, sure. So to give you some kind of context on maybe why you should be listening to me, uh, um, where I am now is I'm a, I'm an ACE certified personal trainer. I'm a fitness nutrition specialist. Um, I have a black belt in karate. I'm a certified brain trainer through the functional aging Institute. Um, I just became a yoga teacher, which is pretty cool. And I'm, um, I have a master's from American in DC, but I'm, I'm about to start a second master's program to become a licensed, uh, um, professional counselor, a therapist. So a lot going on that, um, so that gives you a little bit of context where I'm at right now. Um, a little bit of my background though, you know, that pertains to why I wrote this book. Um, you know, I had like a, a quote unquote normal childhood, meaning, you know, no capital T traumas. And, um, you know, stable. And I noticed a few things kind of popping up here and there throughout my teens, as in like, with my insight now, I noticed uh, I took breakups harder than most people. I, I, if I got a bad grade, I'll take it harder than most people. And I had a lot of anxiety. Um, at the time, I just thought I was a moody musician. I didn't know, <laughs> really, I didn't have the insight, like I said, but um it wasn't until I was 18, it was the summer after high school, where I hit what I call the perfect storm. So my best friend was killed, um, and I was graduating high school, so all of my, all of my support system was gone there. Uh, my karate school shut down, so I lost that whole support system. I had been in that karate school since 10 years old, so it kind of felt like I was floating on my own there, and this is before high-speed internet, before social media, all that stuff. So we didn't really keep in touch the way we do now. Um, and also there tends to be this pattern where a lot of people in their late teens, early 20s, tend to develop quirks, let's say. So things like depression, OCD, uh, things like that tend to manifest around that age. So for me, it was some of it was situational, um, but a lot of it was chemical now that I can see that. And it just clobbered me, took the life out of me. I had to uh, drop out of college. Um, and really from there is where kind of this second chapter begins. It's kind of building myself back up brick by brick. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a lot of tragedy at the beginning with, again, you've been at this one school, correct school, for years and years and years. It's shutting down. Your friend, again, passes away in a, assuming in a uh, traumatic fashion, you know, wouldn't expect it. Yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a lot going on for a young person in life. So um, 
Hey, Nancy, uh, I just sent you that text and everything because I told, uh, um, where is it? I told Zach, you're a, you're a fellow Jersey, fellow Jersey, and you'd like to come on in and probably listen to this one with him. So, but, but yeah, that's a lot going on with uh, someone young at that time in, in life and everything and a lot of pressure. And like I said, you're already full of anxiety and, and, and stuff like that. So, all right. So now what, what's going, how's, how's everything else going, you know, to help with all this, you know, mom and dad talking to you, uh, they say you need to go seek counseling, uh, some other friends stepping up to be a replacement, maybe not a replacement, but trying to be there for you. I mean, what, what else is going on? Well, that, that was, you know, maybe part of it was actually there, there was nothing stepping in. It was okay. very much a solo battle. Yeah. Uh, my friends were gone. They were starting their new lives and there was nobody really left back in my town. And, you know, my parents, I was 18 years old. Last thing I wanted to do was talk to my mom about my issues. That's right. Uh, you know, especially as a male, it, that just tends to be the way we are. 18 and a male. We know it all. We don't need mom and dad. Knew it all. Knew it all. That's right. So, that's right. Um, yeah, got into some pretty toxic relationships. Uh, didn't work out too great. <laughs> but um, I was lucky enough, like I said, um, or maybe I didn't say this. I'm a, I'm a musician. Yeah, I did say that. And uh, I was lucky enough to fall into a band a few, a couple years later where um, they were getting me out of the place and they were getting me kind of playing these venues and they were getting me around some people where I had gone, you know, a couple years without getting out of bed. I couldn't go back to school. And luckily these guys were really into like really healthy lifestyles and really into um, advancing careers, things like that. So just being around people like that was the first kind of little step. Um, And I feel like people that, suffering with depression, which like you said, there's a lot of us, a really important message I want to get through now is there is no silver bullet. What I was doing at that time was I was looking for the one thing that was going to get me over that hump. So I was feeling pretty bad about myself. I was getting out and playing some venues and stuff, but we ended up playing CBGBs, which is uh, up in New York. It's not there anymore, but that was like a really big deal for me. That's considered the birthplace of punk rock. So for me, that was like a lifetime goal. Here I am, whatever I was, 21 years old, playing CBGBs, opening for these big bands. I, I thought you know, it should have been on top of the world. And I remember playing the show, getting out of the van, sitting or getting out of the venue, sitting in the van the rest of the night, just being in the dark, just crushed. And I, and I just could not place my finger on why. Um, because there is a difference between grief and depression. Grief is a price we all have to pay for love. Um, And for people who haven't suffered with depression, this sounds strange, but when I was crying for him, it felt cleaner. That's the best way I can put it. It felt cleaner than the depression. The depression wasn't necessarily a sadness. It was something different that was pulling me under from the inside. Um, So anyway, playing in the bands with these guys, it got me at least looking for some answers where before I kind of felt like I was getting sucked in. So I was like, well, you know, I I didn't have the insight at the time to, to really know it was internal. So I was like, well, you know, it's because my best friend died after a few years goes by though, I had to start looking for another reason. So I was like, well, maybe that's right. It's because I didn't graduate college. So, and I, I was a little older at the time, you know, I didn't graduate college till 26, which isn't old at all. But at the time, <laughs> you think, oh, yeah. oh, man, I feel like I'm 30 years older than all my friends who already graduated college. 
So I graduate, I, 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 I'm on my way to graduate college and I realized there's this thing called honors where you can graduate with honors, with grades. And it was the first time I had done pretty well in school. And I was like, okay, well, maybe if I graduate with honors, then I'll feel like a whole person. No, that didn't do it. Okay, well, maybe if I become a personal trainer, then that'll be like an extra feather in my cap. I'll be, I'll be a college graduate, but then I'll also be a personal trainer. Then I'll definitely feel great. Eh, that didn't do it either. So I was like, oh, okay, I got to turn that arrow around. And that somewhere, was somewhere, somewhere in life, somewhere in life is uh, life is holding and dangling that carrot off the rod in front of you, and you're mm-hmm. trying to chase and grab whatever's there, and yeah. going after the new shiny thing to make yourself feel good. Yeah, and those shiny things weren't doing it, and it took yeah. me years to figure that out. So, I mean, moving in the right direction was obviously a good thing. I was up and get, going to school, things like that. That's great, and getting around people—that's fantastic. Well, staying social and yeah. 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 I mean, and that, that all played a role, right. Uh, but it wasn't an answer and I had to turn that arrow around, like I said, but it's also, there is no silver bullet. So it was kind of like, that was about the time I realized, Oh, I need to look inward and I got to build this back up brick by brick. I got to find those little things that are working for me now and start stacking them. Uh, and that was the beginning of, of the real growth. Um, so, yeah, I, I was a personal trainer, but developing these relationships with these clients of these people who were really looking for answers and, and becoming a, 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 fi- a fitness nutrition specialist where I was meeting with people. Uh, funny enough, you know, with, with that, it tends to be a lot of talking. And we weren't talking about food. These people were coming to me with some real issues. <laughs> oh, yes. The, the, the reasoning they've gone to food for their companion. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Which was great for them to have them talking about it because a lot of them couldn't talk about it with their families or didn't feel like they could. And mm-hmm. it gave me insight on um, how I was treating myself and I was listening to my own words, sending it back to them. So I, I, and I ended up doing a lot more research on why maybe they felt crummy. So I started with food and I thought, well, I know... A lot of the time, my just stomach wouldn't feel great because of whatever I ate. So first thing I recommended to people was, hey, maybe you should get an allergy test because um, some people aren't as in tune with their bodies or sometimes things just make them feel a little off. I know if I have a glass of milk, it's not going to end well. (laughs) But some people, it's just going to provide a little bit of inflammation. Um, There is a theory out there that depression is actually um, um, a result of inflammation in the brain. I think that's part of it. I don't think it's all of it. I think it's part of it. Uh, so anyway, I tell people to get this, the, these, these allergy tests because everyone is a little different. When we're talking about your diet, it sounds like an, a lazy answer, but it's true. Everyone processes foods a little differently. You know, like I can have wheat all day. My fiance, she would have a big problem having wheat. So we are all a little different. Um, another thing, which sounds strange, but it's true. A lot of experts now are saying, um, are providing, I'm sorry, prescribing probiotics for depression. Uh, again, goes into your gut, right? And we're like, okay, well, what does that matter? We actually create 95% of our serotonin in our gut, not in our brain. So we need to get our gut in order, right? So great thing to do, start getting rid of the soda, start getting rid of the chips, 
Maybe start drinking more water. If you don't like water, add some lemon and mint. See how that works for you. And just start dialing it in. You don't have to do it all at once. Just start dialing that in a little bit. And of course, I'll take people, depending on where they're at, because everybody's in a different place, depending on their, what their trigger foods are. Um, so that was one thing I did there. Um, sorry, man, I'm a, t- I'm a talker and I could go all day. So if you have questions, you can go ahead and interrupt me. <laughs> oh, you're doing, oh, you're doing well. And yeah, I would jump in. And uh, like I said, that we're all different and everything like this. And, um, you know, that the way we digest uh, our food, what we take in, intake. And I'm like you, it's better to dabble in to uh, start a new program than I think better than jump full force. Because you yeah. jump full force and you make that that change so fast, and now your body's going to neglect, it's going into withdrawals, it's going through all this other stuff. But if you dabble in and add a piece at a time as yeah. you make adjustments, I think it's easier on you and the body and physically and emotionally and, and everything. You, you couldn't be more right. Um, the all-in approach, unfortunately, just doesn't work. It's too much on us psychologically. It's too much on us physically even because you take somebody who's used to eating really low-fiber foods – give them a salad. It's not going to work well. They're not used to it. Your body has to adapt. Um, so anyway, it's one piece of our puzzle is our digestive system. Another piece of the puzzle, of course, we have to get our mind in the right, in the right, uh, direction, I guess. Uh, and I do give a list of, you know, some, some things that I read in the back of my book, but we've got to start cutting out, um, the things that are kind of poisoning the well, so to speak. So back when I had first hit my deep depression, um, I had pretty bad, I I wasn't able to concentrate or focus on anything that well. So I said to myself one day, I've really got to start focusing on something because I'm all over the place and I'm accomplishing nothing. So I thought, okay, what's a half hour that I could focus on? I was like, oh, TV. And then I made the worst possible decision ever. I decided to start watching the news. (laughs) <laughs> oh, time, yes. oh yes oh yes oh yes 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 but at the time i thought okay well smart people watch the news informed people watch the news this is only going to help me i quickly realized i don't need to know about every murder in the tri-state area exactly it was, it was poisoning that well so what can i do to kind of clean the room i guess clean that room in my head so i and i i made the leap Sounds a little funnier these days, but back years ago, there was a little bit more of a stigma. I went to the self-help section in the bookstore, um, and I was embarrassed. I was sweating. I didn't want to be seen, uh-huh. um, and I was like, well, you know what? What better could I be reading? What better? What better is there to read? So I picked up some books on, you know, it, it, there's an old, there's a saying, I don't know if you know Jim Rohn. If you want to be wealthy, study wealth. If you want to be healthy, study health. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to study happiness and I'm going to study these things. And eventually, you know, two hours into my night, I'm I'm feeding these things. I'm like, oh, I feel a little bit better. I would do that every single night. That was another little step, right? I was feeding that courage wolf. Uh, Well, see, and it's no different than uh, uh, going to college. What are you studying to be in college? Mm-hmm. And most of your courses is what you want to be, what yeah. you want to know. And so like Jim Rohn says, if you want to be wealthy, you study wealth. You mm-hmm. know, so same thing. And wouldn't it, Zig Ziglar talked about the yeah. uh, university and the car, you know, the, the car university where yeah. people are listening on back then cassette tapes. 
uh, and listening yeah. to book audios or whatnot. And, you know, you basically you get your your uh, degree uh, from being in the car so much you're driving back and forth to work. And it's it's not all of it is going to be for everyone, but you will find something. And everyone I know who has gotten into those audios, however they're listening to it or the books, every single person without exception says, man, I wish I had done this earlier. It's, it's great. It's, you know, it just opens up this whole new arena in your mind of possibilities. So that's another this, thing. I like this would be that. a huge benefit for someone that's illiterate, you know, nowadays for them, if they truly want to help themselves start off with listening to books yes. so you can get some education and knowledge uh, and, well, you, and still work on learning to read it. Cause that'd be even better for you, but at least that would be a great first step with today's, technology and way you can get your books and everything, you know, whether it's on your phone, the computer, whatever it is. And, and you, can, you can get all this information now. Yeah, no, I, I think that's great. Um, another thing I did <laughs> to make sure I kind of stayed on track is, and I still do this to this day, again, sounds silly, but this really helped me at the time when I, I had really trouble just functioning in regular life mentally. Um, I made a sheet of what are these positive habits that I kind of want to do every day and maybe we'll forget. So uh, I just started with, well, I'm going to drink a tall glass of water every morning. So that's still to this day on the top of my list. Now I know I'm going to drink the water every morning, right? That's an easy one to get through. I brush my teeth. I go drink a tall glass of water. However, having it on my sheet and crossing it off, that's my first win. Mentally, that sets me going. I'm in the right direction. Great. What's next on my list? I have breakfast. I always have a healthy breakfast. And then I have the supplements I want to take. Um, so here in the Northeast, we have we tend to have uh, low vitamin D. So, you know, I have my low vitamin D. Oh, again, correlation, not necessarily causation, but there's a correlation between low vitamin D and depression. Always helps to get your blood work done, right? Mm -hmm. So anyway... I got that on there, cross them out. And then I just go to, I go through the list. Now I don't have to go through the list in order, but anytime I feel like my mood starts to go in the wrong direction, or I feel like my mind starts to go in the wrong direction, I view it like a pilot. When a pilot starts to run into trouble when they're flying, they don't say, checklist. oh, what should I do? Yeah, exactly. They go to their checklist and it gets them in the right direction. So that's what I do still to this day. And I, I actually am at the point now where I photocopy this thing because I'm tired of writing it out every day. <laughs> well, and, I and, and I understand what you're talking about on this list and everything. On a long-term goals that you would set that I set, I, I, I advise people uh, not, not just mark it off uh, the list that you finally achieve something. I tell them I like putting the date that I actually achieved it. I, but at the very beginning, I like to put the date when I assigned this goal. And nice. then I I want to get an ending date. I want to know great. how fast or how long it took me to achieve it. And and it, it and then when you see a list being marked off and, and going down, you see the accomplishments. Then, like you said, you're getting these wins, and then yeah. you let your you you you're psychologically getting these wins and seeing I am accomplishing things to get done. Uh, yeah, I love it. I think it's great. Um, what I have is I have my, my daily on one side and my long terms on the other, but you know, these are personal to you, make them, make them work for you. I have, I, my most fun one is I have a juggle one. I try to juggle every day cause I'm a, I'm a brain trainer and juggling is really good for your brain. So I have a juggle on my list. I try to juggle 
I cross it off, I feel a little bit better, right? It gets me in that right direction. Um, it's just one of one of these tricks I kind of developed. And, and what happened was I started stacking that. And when you stack these things, like this micro goals and, the uh, uh, you know, feeding your mind the right materials. And, you know, I have a bunch of these things. Once I started stacking them, I started to find real results. Now, you know, dialing in the diet and even meditation. I talk about that a little bit in the book. I would stack, I stacked quite a few things. Um, I, I should note though, that my very last stack, so to speak, only came about five years ago. Um, I did start taking medication. So I got to the, and I, and I know that's controversial, but I, I'd like to share my story at the very least. Um, so I was doing everything on my checklist and I was still feeling pretty good uh, because I felt like I kind of climbed this mountain. And around 8 p.m. at night, I would notice that everything went sour, no matter how much I ate, no matter what I did that day, I could be at a concert that night, 8 p.m., things would go south. So I talked to my primary care doctor, believe it or not, and she said, you know, it could be, you know, just naturally your testosterone drops later at night. It could be a few different things. Uh, everyone's a little different, of course, in this in body chemistry. And she recommended um, that I start taking, uh, uh, it's called an SNRI, okay? So an SNRI is like an SSRI, which is more popular, but the SNRI helped me more because I actually have a chronic injury in my neck. I have this bone spur and I have these, this chronic pain. And she said the SNRI would help. So that was kind of like the thing that sold me because I'd been going through this chronic pain for a very long time. I started taking it. Now, I know plenty of people who start taking some kind of antidepressant or anti-anxiety and then they say, I ask them about it and they say, oh, I came off of it. I didn't like the way it made me feel. And I say, well, how long were you on it? Oh, well, three days, yeah, eh, yeah. four days. Well, here's the thing with my experience, you got to give your time, um, your body time to adjust. Uh, the first week for me, I was taking it at noon and I was getting really, really tired. That's the way it affected me. And I noticed some other things as well. Uh, so I was like, okay, I'll start taking it at night. Um, moved that around. And then I noticed the following week, the effects, the side effects were a little less. The following week, side effects a little less. And it was like, um, it took a while to taper off. Um, and it, it wasn't unbearable, but it took, it took time. You know, these are things I noticed. The weirdest one, funny enough, was kind of like, I had this weird feeling like I had to yawn. It was this weird, I don't know even how to put uh -huh. it into words. Strange one, right? And that was the last one to go away. That was a couple months afterwards. So if you do decide to take this route, which I'm really glad I did because I know I had done everything else that I could possibly do. And then I, I added this as like the icing on the cake. If you are thinking of doing this, just give your body the chance to adjust and see if it works for you before you make any rash decisions. Because it's not necessarily the way you'll feel you know, six months later or three months later, it, it, it affects you a little differently. And also consult your physicians. So, all oh, right. of course, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, uh, now we got a question here. We've got Nancy. Uh, Nancy again. She, uh, she wants to know because she wants, she's from Jersey. Wants to know what part of Jersey are you from? Okay. So I'm from central Jersey. I actually live in Belmar now. There's two Belmars. I live at the one by the beach, but I'm from, from, in the center. I'm from outside of Trenton, which is the capital. And when you were talking about the vitamin D deficiency from up in that area, she said that she had 
uh, been through that uh, just as well where she was from yeah. at that time. So yeah, and she uh, where she's from. No, I don't know. I don't know what part of Jersey. I just know she's uh-huh. from there. <clears throat> so Nancy, if you want to put what part you're from, then I'll relay it. We're, to, we're not a big state. <laughs> uh, so, and she, I mean, she's like everyone else, she says she went through her share of depression in her 20s, and she had, she seek counseling as well. Good. So now they, um, also with the uh, depression and the medication you're talking about, uh, you know, like some people just don't give it enough time to make sure it's working or they, you know, they'll take, I just don't notice any different or it didn't, uh, or again, I don't like the feeling. Yeah. But again, what do they say? It takes like 18 days to, to get a new habit, you know, to break an old one and get a new one. So, I mean, if you're doing it three or four days, not even the 18, you just, like you said, you're not giving enough time for everything to work in your body to adjust. And your body is smart. It will adjust. Your body's a miracle. Um, yeah, so that's just my big ask for people. And, and, and don't be so afraid of it. I thought back, you know, years ago, people were saying, oh, once you go on this medication, you can never stop, which actually isn't true. Um, it's going to make you, you know, go crazy in these different ways. It's not true. So it's, and, and the drugs are a little different now. So, you know, it's, it's, I, I like what you're talking about at the beginning. Let's, 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 again, everybody seek your own physicians and everything like that. But mm-hmm. I would, I would think if you change some of your, your nutritional values, uh, again, not to say fast foods is the worst thing in the world, but maybe not 12 times in one week, you know, exactly. from it. Um, but again, to, to balance everything and, you know, your body just wants to react with all that, you know, whatever is taken in is going to react what's there. Yeah, that's the low hanging fruit, so to speak. That's that's always where I start is just is I get people honestly off of soda. <laughs> that, <laughs> like, exactly. Yes. I, I and, knew a woman who every single night she would bring a two liter bottle up to bed and by the morning it was finished. She would drink it throughout the night. So even in the middle of the night, she was drinking, you know, Coke or whatever she was drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no good. No good. Your body does not want that. Um, yeah, my brother, he's definitely a Coke-holic. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what it's designed for, right? So, yeah, uh, yeah it's be- it's better to obviously stay away from that stuff. But I, I like what Nancy was saying, you know, as far as, as far as therapy. Of course, I'm a big fan because I'm about to become a therapist. But um, – I, I should note this too, you know, when I was first going through my hardest points, um, I started going to a therapist or I went to a therapist once and I thought, okay, it's not for me because I went once. That's right. <laughs> just, just like the drugs uh, or just like anything, you got to give it time. And maybe you've got to find what works for you. Maybe you don't like asparagus, but you like broccoli. Maybe you like them cooked this way, but you don't like them cooked this way. I don't. So, I don't mind. I'm going to good, just interrupt you here. Well, I can eat a good uh, steamed or boiled broccoli yeah. as long as it's smothered with melted cheese, <laughs> and that's fine. <laughs> I'm sure that's the defeating the purpose somewhere. But at least yeah. I'm getting it in. At least it's getting. I'm getting it in there. <laughs> so, so, uh, so yeah. So you know, when you're when you're looking for a therapist, it. It's a relationship. You're building a relationship. And just because this one woman didn't work for me, uh, it didn't mean all therapists didn't work for me. So it took me uh, a couple of years to finally go back to another one. He moved away. I've got 
I got changed to his assistant who was very clinical, didn't fit in my world where I'm very informal. And I stopped seeing her. And it wasn't until finally it was a professor in college who he was great. He was a psychology professor. He had a private practice. And I said, I want to see this guy. So, and, and that, uh, again, opened up my world in all new ways, opened up my mind in all new ways, had me seeing things in all new ways. And, and it was another building block to get me out of that depression. You know, like I said earlier, it's not, there's no silver bullet. You can't just have, you can't assume one of these things is going to be, uh, is going to make all the difference in the world. It's, it's the combination. Somehow there's this magical compound effect. When you start adding all these things together, that's when you're going to start seeing real change. There you go. And today, again, we're speaking with uh, Zach Rutledge, author of the official Depression Relief Playbook, Real Life Strategies from a Guy Who Has Lived It. And again, thank you for being here. Hey, a question uh, was brought up again with uh, Nancy. Again, Nancy, thank you for being here. She wanted to know, is any time during your uh, depression, did you ever think about the, the the saddest one of all, ending it all? Yeah, of course. Well, I shouldn't say of course, but yeah, I did. Um, it was that serious. Yeah, it was. It was. It was about as low as you could get. Um, now, now, Zach, I'm going to go ahead and tell you the one reason I was able that I wanted to start this podcast is, and it's how, it's amazing how technology developed and changed over years. Because mm. about 12 years ago. I wanted out of this world so bad. I attempted suicide three times in three days. Mm. That's how bad I wanted out. And the last time they found me laying in my van, again, I'm a spinal cord injury, can't move uh, my legs. So I got out of my wheelchair and laid on the van floor, sucking carbon monoxide in, in my van in the garage. Mm. And someone found me not breathing. They got the paramedics there, got me to a, uh, got me breathing again, got me to a, um, Oh, uh, that depression chamber thing. I can't think of the name of it now. And where they force the carbon monoxide oh, out and right. the, um, the oxygen into, to, into my body and everything. I was in the hospital for seven weeks and had to see a psychologist for, for a year. You know, you live through them. They make you see a psychiatrist or a psychologist. And he's the one that so, advised me. He says, you know, you got to, you, you live, there's, God still has something for you to do. For, for, him, for him not to take you. And he said, you got a story to tell. You can help people. And he's the one who advised me to get into speaking, writing my uh, memoir, other books. And eventually over time with technology, the YouTube channel started and now podcast. Mm. And so, um, you know, so I can only say I'm glad that the final straw didn't take up with Camel at that time. Yeah. Camel's back. And at that time, I am certain at that time, you wouldn't have believed it. You wouldn't have believed that you were doing this stuff at the time. Oh, no, no. I, at that time, I felt I felt hope was was gone. And that's one reason why I started is to, for the week and provide hope for the people out there to realize, hang in there long enough and persevere through it long enough. And you're going to realize, as my friend Bird Baggett would say, don't give up before the blessings. Mm-hmm. I love that. And it's 100% true. 100% true. If anybody is in that deep of a, of a situation right now, um, of course, it's so important that they reach out. So, so, so important that they reach out because. Oh yes, please. Yeah. If anybody's listening, 
find the the suicide hotline, yeah. find some type of counseling, go to your minister, your preacher, go to somebody that you can trust and listen to you and help you get through all this. And again, you don't have to go through it al- alone. No, so, no. That, I, that was one thing with me being, like you said earlier, being a man, I wanted to hang on to all this because I didn't want my family to worry about me and everything else. But yeah. they, they, they all saw through it. They knew something yeah. was up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting what we put ourselves through, right? <laughs> we yeah, never... yeah, yeah. And, and unintentionally we're dragging our loved ones with us. Unintentionally, we would never treat other people the way we treat ourselves. Uh, That's right. It's it's so interesting the way that works. Yeah, I, I wrote a, a a brief thing about this in the book about um, back in some of my darkest points. I saw this thing on TV where it was the the suicide rates off of the Golden Gate Bridge, and they have a they actually have a, um, a like a phone there, like an outreach phone on the bridge. And oh, wow. Somebody, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that somebody had written on the phone, life is beautiful, which did not sit well with me because it made me feel like, wow, well, I don't think life is beautiful. What's wrong with me? What I want people to say, what I wish it said was life can be beautiful. Life can be better. Don't lose the hope. It can be better than this because, um, and I'll probably talk about this a little later. People said a lot of dumb things to me. And the one that really got to me was, oh, it could be worse. And I'm like, man, I'm already at my bottom. You're telling me it could be worse. Now, of course, they mean they're trying to say uh, practice gratitude. But what I would wish they had said was it can be better. There is plenty of open real estate out there. You can make this better. Just reach yes. out, get a little bit of help and just start stacking there's little victories and things can be better. Absolutely. Here's the one thing I heard during mine and people again, recognize I was a school teacher at that time or, or a basketball coach for a girls team and everything, but people would recognize it and they, they would say, oh, well, you just need to get over it. Oh, I mean, you just can't get over it. If you, no. and see, I used to think the same thing. I said the same thing to, to someone else. I say, man, you just got to get over and move on. No, until you experience it, it's not just getting over it. Yes. It's finding a way to get over it and, yes. and get through it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and, but, and I understand people were saying things in a loving way, in a concerned way, but sometimes people just need to be quiet and just listen. I'm with you there. I am with you there. Yeah. All right. Uh, she said, uh, I'm not from Trenton, but from a little town there. She's on the screen there if you want to read it. Delanco. Delanco, there we go. I know where that is. Okay, very cool. Yeah, she's not far from Trenton. So there you go. All right, Nancy. So we'll get uh, from from getting a New Jersey reconnection here. So. (laughs) All right. So, uh, Zach, again, appreciate you doing this again and sharing with us. So now, again, seeking your counseling, changing the nutrition, getting your mindset changed and seeing all this uh, helped you uh, along the way. And and I really believe also staying active, uh, whether you liked it or not at the time, being in school and going after all these other certifications was mm-hmm. was good for you. It may seem like a little shiny new thing. But then just going through it and knowing you're winning 
it yes. was was beneficial at the time as well. It may not have seemed that as you go through it or once you got that shiny dime and then you go, all right, what's next? Uh, but it still boosts that ego knowing you're still going. Absolutely. And it wasn't everything, but it was something. It's something to be on the right path and working towards a big goal. And all of us have bigger goals, even if it's just to clean out that stupid garage, right? We all have these bigger goals that can seem impossible and they feel great when we're done. So yeah, that's definitely a part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. A friend of mine, well, a friend of mine who was on, we met on podcast here and uh, we've talked a few times. His name is Max and he told his story and he mentioned one time about, you know, having the control to at least clean the dishes, worse the dishes, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to, uh, you know, do something huge. Just know that there's something needs to be done. And if it's as little as cleaning the dishes, that's the first step towards moving on to something else. He's right. He's right. So, yeah, you don't have to take the big monumental step. I'm going to climb, climb Mount Everest right mm-hmm. now. Just climb the next step in life. To and that can and make yourself feel better. And it could lead to Mount Everest, whatever that Mount Everest is. Exactly. Everyone's Everest is different, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes cleaning out your car is your Everest. I know a guy who's so depressed, his car was so dirty. And I told him, you know, well, we don't have to clean your whole car right now, but how about every time you get out of it, you grab one piece of trash. Just every time you get out of it, that's all you got to do. And and toss that, you know, and just that for him, there was just this, strange mental block and for him that was a real big deal finally getting that car clean yeah and then you move on to the next thing that's right so yeah it's it's amazing in life what uh, stumps us up sometimes yeah it is <laughs> so it's a good thing that we're all different so we all have our own little challenges and I, I told someone one thing about this podcast i wouldn't i wouldn't belittle anybody's challenge in life or adversity okay and, and the, here's the example I would give. Say, uh, Zach, you get up in the middle of the night to go drink your water so you can get uh, refreshed and everything. And on the way over to the bathroom, you kick the door jam and stump your toe. And for the most part, what happened to you? You probably lost an hour of sleep because your toe was throbbing. But what if you were one of the person that had a brittle bone disease and now you've shattered that that bone? Or what if you're a hemophiliac? And that's what Max was dealing with, was hemophiliac. And so um, so now you're bleeding internally. Or what if you're a, one of them that's a very rare disease, is progeria. You know, someone who looks like they're, they're eight years old, but they look like they're 80 mm-hmm. and causes more trouble. So I don't belittle anybody that uh, wants to share their story. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if it's that monumental to them, then I, I have no problem letting them share and, and giving them this this uh, platform to get out there. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So I think right. we all, we all need to be more understanding like that. So, and uh, well, I appreciate it. Uh, if you can give us, if you can give people just three small, quick advice on what would be uh, like a first step. I know you put everything in a, in a, in a bag here earlier, but if you can come by and just summarize maybe three quick steps to get them a, a start, that'd be good. Um, create that intention, create that intention of just by just writing things down. It sounds silly, but create the intention of moving your steps forward. It's going to organize your thoughts, even just creating that list. That's your first win. Okay. Um, of course, like we said before, dial in 
your diet just that little bit more. And then the next week, maybe just a little bit more. The way I work is I tend to do things in week, weekly increments. So I tell people, okay, let's this week, we're just going to try cutting out the soda. This week, we're just going to try cutting out the French fries, you know, something like that. Um, so d- dial that in. Also, I'm a big fan, you know, talk to your primary care doctor, get those blood tests and see, you know, if things are out of the whack, you know, maybe your vitamin B levels are out. Maybe you have uh, inflammation um, and, you know, it's, it's particular to the individual, but, you know, getting on the right supplemental routine can be, it can be a big difference. So even just sorting just that out and getting on the right, feeding that courage wolf, right? The opposite of watching the news or feeding that courage wolf or getting in the right direction. And I appreciate you uh, saying the last one about the being with your physician. Uh, I've had two other ladies on, sorry, ladies, I don't know your name, but uh, they were phys- physical fitness type experts and everything. And the main thing they said, and this is very agreeable, is know your body better than your doctor does. Mm, I love that. Yep. So know your body better than your doctor does. That way, if you can help with the doctor along with him, not just follow his lead. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So awesome. So from there. All right, Zach, again, author of, let's get that book up one more time for the people uh, coming in, watching later on. It is the official depression relief book, real life strategies from a guy who has lived it. Zach, go ahead and tell us your social media and how we can find you, how we can get out this book and uh, anything we can do to uh, maybe get some uh, consultation from you or something. Sure. Yeah. So the the best way to pick up the book is just on Amazon, the official depression relief playbook. <clears throat> and I'll do you one better. I'll give out my my email. So it's just Zach S. Rutledge at gmail.com. And I'll spell that for you. It's Z-A-C-K-S-R-U-T-L-E-D-G-E at gmail.com. And if anybody wants a free chapter from the book, Shoot me an email, and I'll be more than happy to send them a chapter, see if it's their cup of tea or not. All right, awesome, man. I'll, I'll definitely put these in the link for people there to come back and listen, and then just click on it to find you and go find your book easier as well. So That's great. Hey, Zach, I appreciate you being here, man. You provided a lot of information, a lot of inspiration, and there's got to be hope somewhere found in there for somebody. So last thing I want to ask you, Zach, you know, you, you know as well as I do, there's people struggling today something's going on if you can give them a positive message to get through today man that would be a blessing sure i'm going to urge people practice forgiveness this goes both ways you're going to practice forgiveness with yourself and you're going to practice forgiveness with other people practicing forgiveness with yourself um some things we do are being are not necessarily out of our control, but because of certain um, beliefs that we've been conditioned to believe or because of certain chemistries in our brain or whatever it is, uh, we're being pushed in a certain direction. So if we make some bad decisions, which we all do, forgive yourself, right? It's a new day. And like we were saying a little earlier, you wouldn't be as hard on yourself Uh, or as hard on other people as you are on yourself. I get so many people, my clients, who I'm training, they're so hard on themselves. It's like, guys, you're being a bully. 
And they're like, what are you talking about? I was thinking, you're being a bully to you. You're a person too. Stop being a bully. Um, so practice forgiveness with yourself. Also practice forgiveness with other people. Just like they said to the professor, like people said to me, you know, people are going to say dumb things, but they don't understand because they can't understand. So practice that forgiveness because it's not your weight to carry around. Once you forgive them, that little bit of weight is going to fall off your shoulders. That's another little building block you're going to have right there. Practice forgiveness. That's my, that's my big theme right now this week. <laughs> awesome. Practice forgiveness. And I'm like you. I actually, anybody goes to my website to go to professorofperseverance.com. I have a mini series, a mini course down below and a uh, ebook. And chapter one and part of the uh, mini series is the forgiveness. And I mentioned it, like you said, both ways. A lot of people are taught to forgive the people that have hurt us or who we betrayed have hurt us. But again, we've got to forgive ourselves for the mistakes we made. You know, yeah. these people that are living back 50 years ago, I did, and now I can't. No, no, no. Forgive yourself. Let's, let's go. Yeah. So I, yeah. I appreciate you bringing that up. And I really love what you just said about the bullying. You're bullying <sighs> yourself. Yeah. I've never looked at it that way. I've always say, you know, we're belittling ourselves. We're talking down to ourselves. No, it, you're right. You, we are bullies to ourselves. I love the way you, you brought that up. Thank you. Thank you. All right, uh, everybody else. Hey, if uh, you know, thank you for coming in and, and on the replay. Be sure to share this out. You know, someone who needs some hope, some help, and inspiration. Again, you don't have to be going through a depression or your spinal cord injury, but the message is still the same, providing to help someone get to the next level in life. So, hey, and Nancy, thank you for coming in, you Jersey girl, and everyone else. Do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at professorofperseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.